Well, it's certainly a great privilege and great opportunity to be able to preach this morning. Of course, we plan to come to the graduation to see Job and Ollie and um, plan to be out here. We're excited about uh, the education coming to an end as far as the time at West Coast Baptist College. And then Dr. Getch reached out about uh, preaching this chapel and just a, just a great opportunity. And so I'm uh, I'm so thankful for this church and so thankful for this uh, college ministry. Uh, I believe the first time I came out was about eight years or so ago. Uh, we came out for a spiritual leadership conference, brought our uh, church staff out, and uh, just immediately uh, had, had seen things from a distance, but being able to see things up close and, and just the ministry, the hospitality, the friendliness, uh, the, the way they lift up Jesus, um, it, it just everything about this place, I thought this would be a, a great place for our son to come to college. And uh, we, we began to pray about that, think about that. Of course, uh, Job loves to play basketball, and, and that was kind of secondary that, that there was a, a basketball team here to be an, have an opportunity to play uh, college basketball. But I'm, I'm so thankful for this time uh, that he's had of, of training and uh, came in 2020. Uh, so Job finished up in three years, and uh, that, 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 that year, such an unusual year, we've, we've talked about it a lot, uh, COVID and how it affected churches and affected lives, and uh, he had made the decision to come to college, and, and there was a, a while where we wondered, will he even be able to go to college? Will they, will they be able to open up? And of course, they made the announcement that they'd be opening, and uh, I had just finished my master's uh, through West Coast, so I came out for the, the graduation. had been moved that year to September, and so we came out, and, and that seems like a very short time ago now uh, that we dropped Job off, and uh, that was a, a big transition for our family, an exciting time for him, and, and th- that, that year, what a year that was, uh, uh, meeting in the outdoors and uh, just all the things that they had to do to go through that. But I'm so thankful for the time and uh, thankful for the training that Job's got here. And uh, then also Jeff Keene from our church. Uh, and uh, been good to see Jeff and proud of Jeff and uh, just excited for his future. And then uh, Liz Ross is, is, was from our church. Uh, her dad pastors now, a good friend of mine. But um, just uh, praying for those young people. I, I love college ministry. And I love being around the college students. We came out and hired a, uh, a youth pastor a few years ago. And every time I step on the campus, it, it, there's just an excitement of young people that want to give their life to God. And young people to want, that want to be used by God and want to serve God. And uh, I'm so excited about what the future holds. And so excited about what God's going to do in each of your lives. I, I want to turn our attention this morning to Luke chapter 24. And I, I have a message this morning that I, I really believe uh, can be a help to you this morning. And uh, not just for uh, those going into ministry, but for every Christian, I believe this is something that can help you. And uh, I've prayed much about what God would have me to preach. I believe this is the message that the Lord has laid on my heart. And, and I want you to just listen for the next few moments to what God has for us, because I believe it's something that God can help us if we get a hold of what he's trying to do here in Luke chapter 24. So I'm going to begin reading in verse 13. Uh, let's go ahead and stand for the reading of God's word if you're able. And I'm going to read uh, the entire section here down to verse uh, 35. And behold, two of them went that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was from Jerusalem, about three score furlongs. And they talked together of all these things which had happened. 
And it came to pass that while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were holden that they should not know him. And he said unto them, What manner of communications are these that ye have one to another as ye walk and are sad? And the one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answering, said unto him, Art thou only a stranger in Jerusalem? Hast not, no, hast not known the things which are come to pass there in these days? And he said unto them, What things? And they said unto him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, which was a prophet mighty indeed in the word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and have crucified him. But we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. And beside all this, today is the third day since these things were done. Yea, and certain women also of our company made us astonished, which were early at the sepulcher. And when they found not his body, they came, saying that they had also seen a vision of angels, which said that he was alive. And certain of them which were with us went to the sepulcher, and found it even so as the women had said, but him they saw not. Then he said unto them, O fools, and slow of heart, to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. And they drew nigh into the village, whither they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. But they constrained him, saying, Abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent. And he went to tarry with them. And it came to pass, as he sat at meat with them, he took bread and blessed it, and brake it, and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished out of their sight. And they said one to another, Did not our heart burn within us? while he talked with us by the way and while he opened to us the scriptures. And they rose up the same hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven gathered together and them that were with them, saying, The Lord is risen indeed and hath appeared to Simon. And they told what things were done in the way and how he was known of them in breaking of bread. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this school year. We thank you for all of the work that these students have put in, not just this year, but some of them now they're four years of college education, Lord, the preparation that you've done in their heart these last few years. And Lord, this certainly is just the beginning. Lord, you have so much more in store and we pray that you would uh, use these uh, young men and young women in such a, a mighty way that you would receive the glory and Lord, many would come to know Jesus Christ because of, of their preaching and their teaching and their ministry. And Father, I pray that you would bless the reading and preaching of your word. I pray that you would speak to our hearts. And Lord, I pray that you would help us this morning. And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. An encounter with Jesus will change you. A relationship with Jesus will sustain you. These events took place shortly after the resurrection back in verses 1 to 3. Now upon the first day of the week, very early in the morning, they came unto the sepulcher, bringing the spices which they had prepared and certain others with them. And they found the stone rolled away from the sepulcher. And they entered in and found not the body of the Lord Jesus. And in this passage, the disciples are still trying to um, think of everything that had went on. They're trying to process what had happened. They, they, they wanted to believe, and yet the tomb was empty, and they did not know what had happened to the body of Jesus. Had it been taken away, had 
Someone stole it. What had they done? Where was it at? All these questions they were still pondering. And Jesus now personally is going to reveal himself to many that he did indeed rise from the dead. In our text that we read, we see two are walking and talking on the road to Emmaus. There in verse 13. Emmaus was away from Jerusalem. Now physically, they were going the right direction. They were going back to their home very likely. But spiritually, they were going the wrong direction. Spiritually, they were going away from Jerusalem. They were going away from where Jesus was at. I wonder how many times in our life when difficulty comes, when we should be the closest to God, we go away from God. We go the wrong direction. Rather than getting closer to Him, we get further from Him. In times of disappointment, times of discouragement, we can, we can slip away from God. And I want to exhort you, I want to warn you, that when disappointment comes, when discouragement comes, don't go away from God. Where we need to be is as close to God as we've ever been. You say, during this time of difficulty, during this time of disappointment, I need to try to get closer to God, that I can learn what it is that He's trying to accomplish in my life, what it is that He's trying to teach and develop in my life. It says, tells us in verse 14, the events of the past few days, they've They've been rehearsing, they've been reviewing, they've been analyzing together. I believe this was a slow journey. They were not in a hurry to get home. They were, they were thinking about all that had taken place in those last few days. They were thinking about all that had happened. They were, they were trying to put it all together in their mind and, and trying to figure it all out. And what, what all did it mean to them? They're going over these, these events. It says in verse 14, they talked together of all these things which had happened. No doubt we've had conversations like that with friends. We've, we've tried to put together what's happening. We've tried to reason what it is that God's doing. And then what happened next would change everything. What happened next is that Jesus would come and He Himself would walk with them. But when we get Jesus Christ, when we get a glimpse of Jesus and an encounter with Jesus and a relationship with Jesus, it will change everything in our life. He draws near and he joins them in verse 15. It came to pass while they communed together and reasoned, Jesus himself drew near and went with them. I'm thankful that Jesus is interested in us individually. I'm interested that Jesus comes to us. I thought I don't know how many times that, that Jesus would be interested in Brandon. That he would want to have a relationship with me. That he would talk to me and, and teach me and, and, and spend time with me. And that's what God desires of each of us. That we would have a personal relationship with him. After Jesus met with Zacchaeus, he gives us the verse, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This morning, let me, let me ask you to think back to when Jesus found you. That ought to be a wonderful time in your life. That ought to be a wonderful memory. One of your most precious memories, if not your most precious memory, the day that Jesus came to me and he found me. He knocked on my heart's door that I would receive him and that he would come into me. Can you remember the day that you got saved? 
that you receive forgiveness of sins. We, we sing burdens were lifted at Calvary. Say, Jesus, change my life forever. And the story, his identity is not yet revealed to them. Verse 16 tells us, it doesn't tell us exactly why. And so many times in life, God doesn't tell us exactly why. God doesn't tell us all of the reasons. God doesn't explain everything to us. Many things we have to receive by faith. We have to believe by faith. We have to trust Him by faith. Isaiah 55, 8, one of my favorite verses says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. I'm so thankful that in my life that it hasn't always been my way. Things that I thought would have been best. Things that I would have liked them to turn out this way only to find out that God had better plans. Far better plans. God knew much more than I knew. His ways are not our ways. It was kept from them. They begin to discuss what had transpired recently. Jesus questions them as if he knows none of it. Of course, Jesus had a purpose in all of that. He always has a purpose. Jesus is a master teacher and a master communicator. So many times God works in our life in, in, in ways that we don't always understand, but he's bringing us to a point that we would understand. He's bringing us to a point that we can see what all it was that he was trying to put together in our lives. Jesus begins to question them in this manner. It was Passover week. Jesus, or Jews, had visited the city from all over the Roman Empire. And, and now all of them had heard about what had happened with Jesus of Nazareth. And these men are, they're, they're perplexed. They're, they're thinking, how could it be that he would not know what had happened in the last few days. How is it that he's not heard this news? They, they said, what things? And they said unto him, concerning Jesus of Nazareth. And they go on to, uh, to say, are you only a stranger? Are you the only one that doesn't know what has happened over the last few days? They were clearly disappointed at how things seemingly turned out and and perhaps sometimes in our life, we have unmet expectations and, and we get disappointed at how things turned out. We're, we're, we're unhappy with how things turned out. We, we don't understand why they, they happened or transpired the way that they did. They have all these questions, all these concerns. It's clear disappointment in verse 21, but we trusted we trusted that it had been he which should have redeemed Israel. They said, we, we thought he was the one. We thought he was the Messiah. When things happen in our life that we don't understand, the best thing that we can do is trust the Lord. As you go out into life, and some of you maybe are going out to start in ministry, some of you maybe are going home for the summer, but wherever we'll be, no doubt there will be some disappointments this year. There will be some things that don't turn out the way that we want them to this year. They won't go the way that we planned. They won't go the way that we had it happening. And let me tell you, the best thing that you can do is keep trusting God. Keep trusting God. Keep trusting that what God is doing in your life, He's going to finish. Many things happen in life that will bring you to this place. 
Most of the Jews believed that the Old Testament prophecies pointed to a military, a political Messiah, one that would come in and establish a kingdom and, and rule as king. And, and that's why these, these, along with others, were so disappointed. He, he's not our king. He's not reigning. He's, he's not changing anything. We thought he was the deliverer. He was the one that was going to set up his kingdom. When Jesus died, they lost all hope. But we trusted, past tense. We thought he was the one. We thought this is how it was going to happen. They lost all hope. But what they did not understand that was through Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, that he offered the greatest hope possible. He, great, he, 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 he gave the greatest hope to all men that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And he gave that hope that, that anyone could come to know Jesus Christ, God's plan for the ages. They still did not completely understand what had happened. They, they go on, and even though Jesus is, is trying to reveal himself to them, even though Jesus is, is beginning to answer the questions that they have in their mind, they're, they're still somewhat confused and not completely understanding. And they, they remind him that the body... There were ones that had went to the grave and the stone was rolled away. The body is, is still missing. They'd heard news of the empty tomb. They'd, they'd not yet believed themselves. Let me ask you the, this morning, have you believed? Of course, that, that begins with salvation. Have you yourself received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior? And I know it's a, it's a Bible college chapel but I also know that it's possible that you can be anywhere and not know Jesus personally as your Savior. You've heard it and, and you can have it in your head, but that does not necessarily mean that you have it in your heart. These disciples, they had heard the news. They had heard that the tomb was empty. But it's clear that they had not yet believed that Jesus gave hope for all mankind. And it's possible that you could be here in a Bible college hearing messages over and over and over and yet not personally have received Jesus Christ as your personal Savior. Do you believe? Not just for salvation, but for everyday life. Do you believe that Jesus can do anything? We know the theological terms. We, we know those attributes of God that we cannot possess. We know that God is all-powerful. But do we really believe that? Do we wring our hands? Do we, do we stress ourselves out? Do we fret about our problems? And yet all the while we're testifying that God is all-powerful. If he's all-powerful, if we really believe that he can do anything, why is it that we're worrying and not praying? Why is it that we're stressing and not trusting that God can do anything? You see, Jesus wanted to bring these to the point where they learned to trust him, where they learned to believe him. God wants to bring you to the point where you learn to trust him, where you learn to believe him. And, and in, in so many ways that this is just part of the preparation this time at college because God's got more lessons for you. I've been in the ministry over 20 years. God still has lessons for me. So many times on a daily basis, I believe that God is teaching me something. 
God is developing me in some way. God is preparing me, maybe not for this week, but for things that will come. We need to trust God. We need to believe God for all matters of life. Jesus begins to open the eyes of these disciples. He had such patience. You study the life of Christ, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, the gospel record gives us the life of Christ. We study the life of Christ and we we find that he is such a a patient person. He's such a meek person. God is so loving and gracious and merciful and long-suffering as he joins himself to them and they they have all these questions and they, they had trusted that he would be the one. I'm so glad that God does not behave the way that I would behave. When people don't understand, we get frustrated, don't we? So I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to explain this to you. You know, that's how we would be. Do you not get it? We've went over this before. No, Jesus was gracious. He was merciful. He was long-suffering. He does rebuke their unbelief. But in kindness and in love, in verse 25, then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart. The word fool means unintelligent, without understanding. The word slow, dull of hearing. I wonder how many times I've been unlearned. I've been uh, not understanding what it is that God's trying to teach me. So many times I think God has been working in my life for, for weeks. He's, he's had different things come up. I've, I've read things. I've heard things. I've, I've seen things. And God's trying to teach me, but I'm, I'm slow to get what it is that he's been trying to teach me. I'm slow to understand what it is that he's been trying to do in my life. I, I, I listen to these in this account here, meeting with Jesus, and I can see myself. I, I know I've been there. I believe all of us have been here at one time. It's I've been slow of understanding God was trying to do something, but I I wasn't getting everything that he was trying to do. I wasn't understanding all that he was trying to teach me. He begins to explain these events as fulfillment of Old Testament prophecy. Verses 26 and 27, I believe he taught a Bible lesson like they'd never heard before. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? Questions get us thinking, don't they? Jesus asked this question, and their mind had to start going a million miles a minute. Verse 27, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Imagine what that must have been like. Wonder the passages that he quoted. Wonder the stories that he referenced. I, I love listening to preaching. I I I, I watch the uh, the end of the preaching marathon there on YouTube, and I, I, I just all five of the young men that preach those messages. I just I, I just thought, wow, that were those were tremendous messages. That was that was great preaching. I enjoy listening to preaching. I enjoy coming to spiritual leadership conference. I enjoy listening on sermon audio. I enjoy uh, going to churches' websites and uh, listening to sermons. I, I like preaching. But I think all of that just pales in comparison to the message that Jesus preached that day. 
Imagine Jesus opening up the Old Testament as he talked about himself, as he began to expound the stories of the Old Testament. He continues to conceal his identity in a way this was a test of sorts. He was showing them that the cross had to come before the crown. And then we see something interesting. They pleaded with Jesus for him to stay longer. He says he made as if he would have gone on. In verse 28, they drew nigh unto the village whether they went, and he made as though he would have gone further. And there's moments that I, in life that I, I did not want to end. Our family, we love basketball. We're from Indiana. It's cornfields and basketball. We're not farmers, so we're basketball. And uh, Job, he, for, for several years, I wouldn't let him play basketball because he rustled. And wrestling and basketball are the same season, and I knew if he ever played basketball, he wouldn't want to wrestle again. And so I tried to keep him from basketball. But eventually, he, he played basketball, and his team made it to state championships. His, his senior year, probably the most exciting for me, he was a leading scorer on the team. And uh, in the semifinal game, he sprained his ankle real bad, drove a, did a little floater in the lane, came down on a kid's foot, rolled his ankle real bad. Uh, that night, it, it swelled up. Next morning, he... His bedroom was downstairs. I remember, I remember hearing him come upstairs, and I remember thinking how long it took for him to get up the stairs, and I thought, wow, this is going to be rough tonight. <laughs> He's got to play a game, and I never, it never entered my mind that he wouldn't play. I didn't even have that as an option. I just thought, I just don't know how, how well he's going to be able to play, and, and he went out and played, played one of the best games of the season, and we, we won that state championship, and it was just one of those moments you just never wanted to end. It was just such an exciting time. We had a season like that this year with our daughter, and uh, she was the leading scorer on our team, and, and I coached the girls' team, and uh, we, were, we were the underdog. I kind of liked being the underdog, and nobody expected us to win, and we, we went in, and we, we won the state championship. I remember I, I love coaching. I, I love talking to the team. I, the, the girls that I have on my team, I not just coaching them in the game of basketball, but uh, what, a, what an opportunity of being influenced in their lives. And, and I had a pregame speech. I'd went over it hundreds of times in my head. But I've got this really young team, and I'm thinking, okay, I can't pump them up too much. I'll have these girls so nervous, they won't be able to play basketball. And so it was kind of a toned-down pregame this year because of how young our team was. We went out onto the court, had a great start to the game, Went into timeout or into halftime, had a great halftime speech. But it was one of those where you thought, can we hold on? Can we hold on? This team's going to make a run. And, and, and in my mind, I imagined, okay, if we, if we win the game, here, here's how I envisioned it the night before, that if we win the game, I'm going to be the first person onto the court. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to storm the court. Well, it came down to the end, and we, we won the game. And I, I went running out onto the court. My daughter, Annie, she came running, and she, she jumped up into my arm. I, I grabbed her, and uh, they took a picture in that moment. I didn't know anybody took a picture, but there was a picture of that moment. And, and I thought, if I, could just, if I could just pause that moment, such a wonderful time. I wonder if you have times like that with Jesus. Amen. If you have a personal relationship that's so real with our Lord, you say, I just wish it, would, it wouldn't end. What I felt in that preaching service, what I, what I experienced during that song, that person that I got to lead to the Lord, that, that family that was put back together, that, that child that had kind of went astray and came back to God, if we, could just, if we could just make that moment last forever, 
psalmist said, I've, I've desired to see him. I've longed to see God. I wonder, do we long for Jesus? Do we long for Jesus in our life that it would never end? Or, we, or do we shut down Jesus before he's really finished? Do you really want Jesus to stay around longer when you're reading your Bible? Are you, just, are you quick to say, okay, I, just, I got that chapter done. I can mark that off today. Or do you say, no, I just want to be in God's Word. I just want God to speak to me through His Word. Are there times in prayer that you're just quick to, to rattle off what it is that you need and what it is that you're wanting God to do? Or are you just spending time there in prayer that you want to meet with God? Do we shut Him down too soon? He made as if He would have went further. The disciples said, please don't. Stay longer. Stay longer. I wonder if we'd have that same attitude. Would you stay longer? He reveals himself to them. He opens their eyes in verses 30 and 31. He opens the scriptures in verses 27 to 32. We mentioned the, the sermon that Jesus preached that day. Telling the stories of the Old Testament, his story. He, he opened their hearts. Verse 32, he opens their understanding in verse 31. And, and let me tell you, God wants to do all those same things for you and me. He wants to do the same for us. He wants to spend time with you. Do you? How many times first thing in the morning do we, we just rush into the day? How many times in the morning do we, do we pull out our phone not to read our Bible, but we're just wondering what happened overnight? What did we miss on Facebook? What, what, what pictures did we miss on Instagram? And yet we'll say something like this, I just didn't have time really to pray this morning. I just didn't really have time for my devotions this morning. And we find time for anything that we want to spend time for. Oh, do you desire to spend time with Jesus? Say, so I just want to be in His Word. I want to be in His presence. They, they returned to the disciples. They gave them the news. The message in verse 34, they said, The Lord is risen indeed. That must have been some message. It was so real to them. After that encounter with Jesus, they would never forget this day the rest of their lives. They relate all of that day's happenings. Have you ever been so excited to tell a story? I, my, my stories are many times about our kids. I remember Job when he was little. He, he was a real quiet kid. And uh, I don't think at their school, at their Christian school, they got points for doing different things, disciplinary. And I'm not sure that he ever got a point in elementary school. But one of the things that you got points for were talking in class. And so Job so much didn't want to get a point in class that he wouldn't talk in class. Sometimes I'm not sure if he talked on recess. I'm not sure if he talked when he went to the restroom. And the reason I say that is I would pick him up from school at the end of the day. And it was like something just got uncorked. And he'd get in the car, and it was like every word that he had wanted to say during the day, he'd tell me in the car. And I'm thinking, whew, this kid maybe needs to get some points because he needs to talk some during the day because he's, he's making my ears hurt. He's talking so much. And he just, just a, a thousand, you know, just everything he could think he wanted to tell. And I, I wonder if that's how these men were. It says that they, they, they came back, and, and not just saying that he's risen indeed, but it said in verse 35, they told what things were done in the way. I believe everything that Jesus had taught them, they were trying to reteach. Everything that Jesus had told them, they were trying to retell. Everything that they had experienced in their heart, they wanted others to experience 
in their hearts? Do you enjoy talking about what Jesus has done? Do you enjoy talking about what Jesus is doing in your life? It would have been something to have been one of the disciples that day. An encounter with Jesus will change you. A relationship with Jesus will sustain you. For some of you, as you graduate, go into ministry. For some of you, as finish this year and go back home for the summer, perhaps. There'll be times of difficulty. The message is not just for the ministry, but for every Christian. Over the last several years that I've served in ministry, if you said, have there ever been times that you've been hurt? There have. There have been times that people have left the church. They always had a reason for why they were leaving, why they were moving on. But for a pastor, it hurts. There have been times that I've, I've been woken up in the middle of the night, had trouble going to sleep, Woke up when I finally did get to sleep. Woke up the next morning still thinking about it. It hurt. It hurt. There, w- there will be hurts in your life. And, and whether you're a pastor, whether you're in ministry, or whether you're just a Christian, there will be hurts in your life. People will do things. Things will happen. But you know what will keep you going? It's not a paycheck that will keep you going. It's not a title. I do love being called pastor. I love when kids in our church come up to me, call me pastor. I love when the teenagers see me, call me pastor. People in our church family. But a title will not keep you going. Money will not keep you going. I'm I'm thankful for good friends. I have good friends. I I have several friends that texted me this morning, knew I was preaching in the chapel today, said, we're we're praying for you. I'm thankful for those good friends. But you know, there, there are also times that not even a friend will keep you going. There are times when it's Jesus. That's it. You know, I found in my life when I... When I come to those points where I feel like Jesus is all I have, you know what I quickly realize? You know where I'm going with this. I realize that he's all I need. He's all I need. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings as eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Our strength comes from the Lord. There have been times, not a lot of times, I don't think it's in me to be a quitter. I, I couldn't stand quitting when I was a kid playing a game of pickup football. I, I don't like quitting anything. I don't like quitting a job that I didn't like. But there have been times that the devils got me so discouraged. There have been a couple of times where I thought, maybe, maybe I'll just quit. Maybe I'll just, maybe I should, maybe I should stop being a pastor. Maybe I should just get another job. I'm just being honest. I'm being transparent. There have been a couple of times in 20 years that that thought's come into my head. Then I thought of Jeremiah. Jeremiah said, I I wanted to quit. I I, I wanted to not talk about God anymore. He said, I couldn't. It was like a fire shut up in my bones. You know, there have been times that maybe the devil would have come to me and, and tried to say, why don't you just quit? Why don't you just walk away? 
But there was something inside of me. You know what that was? It was a relationship with Jesus Christ. That Jesus is too real in my life. I cannot walk away from Him. And I thought about times that I've been lonely. You really live for the Lord. There are going to be some times where you're going to get lonely. I'm talking all by yourself lonely. Not feeling like there's anybody lonely. Maybe even hoping that a good friend would call. Maybe hoping that somebody would drop by unexpected. You say, my, my loneliness is so real, I, it, it hurts, I'm so lonely. I thought of David, 1 Samuel chapter 30. David probably arguably one of the lowest points in his life. His men, because of events that had transpired in that chapter, his men had turned against him. It says they spoke of stoning him. And yet David said, and no doubt you've heard messages on it, David said he encouraged himself in the Lord. You know how you encourage yourself in the Lord? I've, I've read the book of Psalms probably like most. It's one of my favorite books in the Bible. The Psalms are so relatable. The Psalms are so encouraging. We go to the Psalms and, and, and we can see ourselves in those stories and we're encouraged by the words that David wrote. David speaks of God being his strong tower. David speaks of God being his deliverer. I think there were times maybe in that moment that David was, was preaching to himself. Not, not a message like I'm, I'm preaching today. But David began to talk to himself. David began to remind himself of the goodness of God. Just like the ones on Emmaus that's heart burned. Just like Jeremiah uh, that his heart burned. David's heart began to burn again. And there are times that we've got to just kind of preach to ourselves, if you will. Remind yourself of God's goodness. Remind yourself of why you started. Remind yourself of the why, of why you do what you do. And when you get reminded of what God has done in your life and who God is to you, it burns again and David encouraged himself in the Lord. Jesus... When Jesus is all we have, we realize he's all we need. Jesus wants to spend time with you. And then lastly, as their hearts burned within them, I can imagine how eager they must have been to tell that story. I asked you a few moments ago to think about when you got saved. Sometimes a story that should never get old to us we tend to not think about as much as we should. But you know, we go back and start thinking about the day that we got saved. Start thinking about how Jesus changed our life. Start considering that I was on my way to hell and now I'm on my way to heaven forever. And you remember what God has done for you. You know what it'll do? It'll cause you to say, I want to tell somebody else. I want them to know. I want my neighbor to know. I want my friend to know. I want my family to know. Has the Savior come to you? Has He shown Himself to you? Are you as eager to tell your story to others? I trust that God is real in your life. I trust that God is at work in your life. That you don't have to go back five years ago or a year ago, even a month ago, 
But you can think of this is what Jesus did for me today. This is how he's working in my life this week. And when you have that realness of Jesus Christ in your life, that you say, I want to tell others. I want to share the good news. I want others to know how good my God is.